Welcome to Turning Point Talks with Ashley, a podcast designed to help guide you with encouragement, movement, and challenges to help you carve your path to being the best version of you. Through sharing my own story, inviting others to share their stories, and being as real and raw as I possibly can be, my one goal is to inspire you to stand out rather than fit in. So welcome to Turning Point Talks with Ashley. I am your host, Ashley Johnson. Welcome back to Turning Point Talks with Ashley. Feels so good to be back. It's been a while. Shit, it's been a long while since I've just sat in the room and recorded by myself. But here I am, and I'm I'm excited. I've been away for a little while. I have no excuses other than just work at turn has been a lot. And we recently celebrated our fourth birthday and planning that took a lot of energy, a lot of time and teaching a lot, of course, but really just didn't have the energy to sit here and shoot the shit with you. But I'm back feeling good. And before I really get into a turning point talks with Ashley episode, if you will, I would like to take a moment and just casually discuss my opinion about a topic that has been brought up a couple times by the name of Lizzo. You know her, I think. Most of you know her. My mom probably doesn't know who Lizzo is. But I want to remind everybody one thing that my girl CC put so bluntly is I own a fitness studio, right? Like I, Ashley Johnson, own, make money, my living, off spreading the word that exercise and a healthy lifestyle like is what you need and is what you should do and is what you should wake up doing. I surround myself with people who work out, who eat healthy, who aren't degenerates, right? And recently this topic about Lizzo has gotten even louder, not only like in conversations and couple of my classes or working out in the mez, but I was watching Dr. Phil yesterday and his whole episode was about how this positive body images or mindset thing is, has taken a turn and it's no longer what it was set out for originally. Meaning if you're healthy, but you are, you know, plus size or, or quote bigger, I'm all for that. If you're positive mentally and you have a good body image, and you're confident with yourself. I am all for that. But what I am not okay with, and what I think is outright disgusting, is someone like Lizzo, who makes a living, who gets paid to promote being fat and choosing to eat unhealthy. In fact, she made a deal with Uber Eats. I don't know when it was, but you can literally go on to Uber Eats and order to be delivered to your house, the grocery list of Lizzo. I'm not going to take the time to give it any more credit or publicize it on here, but it's disgusting. There's not a single healthy thing on it. And she isn't choosing her platform, her voice, who can be across millions of people to turn her life around and, you know, God forbid, work out and eat healthy. But she's doing the opposite and almost promoting and 
highlighting and encouraging people to be lazy, to wear workout clothes, but don't go work out. And so that's just my opinion. I don't believe in the Lizzo's of the world. I absolutely will love and adore and encourage people who are overweight, who even live an unhealthy and, you know, choose to make bad choices. And if they want to, you know, get on the right path and turn the page in their journey and, and start choosing to be healthy, because guess what? The science, the truth is that the number one cause in America of our death is heart disease, which is obesity. So I don't understand why, you know, someone like me who got locked down for a virus and shut down on my small business and encourages people now to work from home when it's not even the leading cause of death. It's not even second or third. If I, you know, Google search correctly on a couple different polls, but my point is, why are we not speaking up about living a healthy lifestyle and choosing to work out and making it a part of your routine? Why are companies not forcing you to go work out and to eat healthy? Now, I'm all for a cheat meal. Shit, I'm all for a cheat week because one bad meal or a couple bad meals or, you know, a cocktail or a couple nights of drinking are not going to be the reason why you're obese. You're obese over a long period of time when you continue to make bad decisions and choices. And then on top of that, if you're getting paid to promote it and to give the excuse that fat is in, I'm just not on board with it. So if you want to know why I don't like Lizzo, that is why I don't like Lizzo. And again, I love some of her beats, actually. Like, I'll play her in my damn spin class because some of her beats are good and they make me want to move my body. But her Instagram and what she believes in, I am not okay with. So I'll put that at rest. If you listen or if you care and if you're sitting there and you're like, whatever, Ashley, I'm all for people being confident in their body. You do you. I am absolutely, I make a living on changing people's lives to go from lack of confidence and insecurities to becoming confident and secure through the right path, through healthy eating and working out and moving your body. You only get one shot at this life. I can't imagine sitting on my couch eating I can't even remember the name of it, Takis or Cheetos or whatever, all day. And I'm sure she doesn't do it all day, but what she promotes is that. So moving on, that is my spiel on that. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, I'm back and I'm ready to just shoot the shit about really what's been going in my mind lately And to put it bluntly, I have just been kicking my own ass mentally for a while now. To be nice, I would say a couple of months, but to be brutally honest with myself, I would say for a year, a year and a half, just been picking on myself. I've been putting a lot of pressure to do better, to be better, to do this, to do that. Why are you not where you should be? Why are you not who you wanted to be? Why are you not making as much money? Every single negative thought I can put in my mind. It's living there. All my life, I've wanted more. That is no secret. I've always been a hard competitor. Even when I wasn't the best or 
even when I'm not supposed to be the best, I expected me and I expect me to be the best. And I say that because the best example I think I can give is like, I played a lot of tennis in my 20s, picked up a racket when I was like 24, really just for the cardio aspects, because I used to run all the time. And then I got sick of running or I realized I was running too much and nothing was happening. Right. So I had to change it up. So I played tennis and I would literally lose my mind on a bad shot. Now, again, I've never had lessons. I was just naturally good at tennis. I'll consider myself an athlete. If my brother was in here, he'd probably be like laughing because I was never really like the best at sports growing up. I was always good, just not the best. But anyway, I digress. But on one bad shot, literally, I would just lose my mind. I don't even want to think about what I did when I lost a match. It was embarrassing, literally embarrassing. You can ask my parents when they would come to city finals. So when you play tennis in your adulthood, you can play Alta, which is huge here in Atlanta, or there's a couple of other leagues that I played in because I like singles. Doubles was not only not the cardio that I wanted, but the pressure of having to perform with somebody else on the court, I did not enjoy because I would go crazy. And then if they sucked, I would, of course, be positive and tell them, great job, but I would get so worked up, right? So city finals, if you made it through your singles league in T2 or whatever you played, you made it to this like morning where all the levels out there would come, men and women, and you know your friends or family could come watch. And I literally would be yelling, cussing, imagine that. Yes, I cuss. Screaming. I mean, literally just one bad shot. If you play tennis or if you watch tennis, there's like a thousand shots, you know, in a match. At one moment, I can vividly paint this picture. I lost a set and I broke my racket, like slammed it. Then my sunglasses. I had these like sports sunglasses and I just look up and see my dad just like in disgust and embarrassed, shaking his head like, what in the hell are you doing? I mean, people that I didn't even know never met before. After a match, I'd be walking around and they'd be like, are you Ashley Michelle Francis? And I'd be like, yes, that is what I yell. That was me. And let me remind you, like, I didn't get paid to play tennis. I'm not sponsored. Never was. You know, it was a beautiful Saturday morning with people just coming out to play a competitive match to get city finals bag tag. You literally just got a freaking bag tag and a magnet to put on your refrigerator, which in my 20s, I was single. I lived by myself. Only my friends, I guess, who'd come over could see a magnet in the first place. But my point is I'm very competitive. And when I'm not good at something, it eats me alive. I don't handle it well. Now I've grown up, I've matured in it, I've gotten a lot better. But making a fool of myself out on the tennis court is literally the best picture I can paint to explain and illustrate who I am as a competitor and a mental basket case when I do not meet and surpass some expectation that I put on me. You know, where this expectation comes from and why I have it, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if I could, if I asked Angela, my therapist, like there's no like root to it. I'm just who I am in that regard. It could probably stem from, you know, in my early days or God forbid, not making that damn cheerleading squad or not being picked for homecoming queen or whatever. I mean, I could go that far deep 
back and why I always wanted to, to win. But the amount of anger and energy I would put behind being bad at one shot or kickball. I don't even want to go down that story. If Beach is listening, he's like shaking his head like and laughing because I used to lose my mind intramural sports. It was just fucking stupid. But anyway, I was just a nasty bitch to myself. And then when it came to my sales career, right, I would wear myself out mentally. If a client chose another rep, another product, another company, it ate me alive. I hated it. I didn't understand why. It didn't matter if the doctor told me straight up, Ashley, your product cannot serve me, or I don't like it, or it doesn't have this gadget or that gadget, or straight up would tell me that the other rep is, you know, their good friend and it's nothing personal. They just have a relationship with Joe and that's where they want to, that's who they're going to buy from. I literally would take it personally and I would never quit. That is, I guess, the one positive out of my crazy, competitive, overly obsessive, mental, you know, negative mindset when things don't go my way or I don't live up to this expectation or I suck at something is I don't give up. Like literally I would be angry. I was embarrassed. You know how many reps there are in the world that don't hit every single quota every single time? Too many to count. But if it was me, I punished myself mentally. Told myself all kinds of things and probably talked a lot of shit about the customers, the clients, the company I worked for or other companies. I would blame. I would point the finger. I would literally be so angry in that moment of time. Then, of course, I would flip to the other side of the coin and the next month would come and I would be fueled to go dominate. And in that given moment of failure, though, I would fucking hate life. And I think a lot of it has to do with the embarrassment for whatever reason that I put in my mind. Like, I didn't even want my boss, my teammates, my inside sales, the owner, the presidents, whatever. For that split second, it's like I couldn't even fathom them knowing that I failed in that moment. When looking back, it wasn't even a failure because it's not like I ever totally bombed a month. It's not like I ever, you know, made no money at all. I was always really close or the quota was, you know, here's my blame game or my excuse. They raised the quota so much that month because I was doing so great, right? That is what I'm talking about. Like my mindset, where I go when shit does not go right for me. So I asked the question, what happens when things don't go our way. And mind you, I'm not talking about things like winning a lottery ticket. I'm talking about actual real things that you expect or feel should go your way. From simple tennis matches or intramural sports games to sales calls to deep-rooted shit like successful marriages, successful pregnancies, cancer treatments, startup companies. From one end to the other, there's not a single person on this God's green earth that has had every single thing go their way in every single moment. I'll take my company here in Sandy Springs. Like I said at the beginning of this episode with you, I just celebrated year four of Turn Studio. A huge accomplishment. I know it is. I tell you this right here, right now. I know it's a huge accomplishment. In fact, it was such a big deal. I actually celebrated myself internally for a hot second deal because I threw a huge party here, a celebration for my team and for the members. I put so much time and energy into it. 
I had all kinds of vendors come, tons of giveaways. I mean, it was a freaking blast on a Saturday morning. And I made every single person feel, rightfully so, like it was the most biggest accomplishment hitting year four. Because I don't need to remind everybody, especially not myself, but fuck, we made it through the pandemic. We're making it through this financial crisis. Like nothing is going according to our business plan and nothing is going our way as a startup company in this world, right? In fact, I actually, I knew it was such a big deal that I celebrated myself internally for a hot second. I rarely do that. It takes a lot for me to sing myself praise, to pat myself on the back. But I did for like a brief moment. I remember, I think it was that Saturday morning on September 10th, showing up and just putting my backpack on the floor and being like, okay, Francis, you did it. Here we are. We're about to party all morning long and celebrate year four. And that was it. I will literally destroy myself and talk shit and beat myself up on every little or big loss. But a win? Meh. Let it pass by because you know why? I want more. Or it's not that great. And why would I celebrate something that should have already happened or should have already taken place? Or why would I celebrate something that, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. Year four, cool. This is like my, my whole livelihood, turn studio. It's hard for me to celebrate turning four because in my mind, I want turn two, turn three. I want to be a bigger consultant. I want to have more turn ed clients. I want to impact more people's lives. I want to mentor more people. I want to be on the fucking cover of Forbes magazine type mindset in my head, right? So this birthday, this anniversary, cool, great, high five, but move on. But lose one client out of 200, what the fuck, Ashley? Why did they quit? What did you fail on? Why did they not stay? Right? Have one person quit? Where did you fail them? How were you not a better leader? Why didn't they want to work for you? Right? I mean, that is how I operate. And I would be willing to bet that there's competitive ass people listening or entrepreneurs out there listening that have that same type of mindset. I think it's just embedded in us. So I'll go back to saying this one more time. I'm not even close to feeling satisfied. We made it through a pandemic, sure. We're fighting through a financial crisis. Quite frankly, that seems to only be getting worse. But I am nowhere close to who I want to be. Things are not going my way. Again, I want multiple locations, consulting gigs. I want to speak to people to inspire them to go actually be someone and be better to quiet their excuses, to literally turn the volume up on everything that they are meant to be. I want a new house. That's something that's not going my way. I've been searching high and low. I've been in my house 10 years, minus the three-year stint in San Diego, 11 years, whatever. I have a husband now in my house. It's meant for just me. We've made it work with just us, but I want our own, I want our brand new house which, that we can start a family in. Speaking of, yes, I want a family. Things are not going my way. I want Turn to be so successful that I don't know what day it is because I'm too busy building, training, growing, not scrubbing the fucking toilets. 
You get my point, right? Side note, I don't mind cleaning because it saves me a couple hundred bucks or a lot of hundred bucks a month. And I can clean better, in my opinion, than a lot of these corporately commercialized companies. But I don't want to be scrubbing the toilets. Have you ever felt that way? Are you in that chapter in your life right now where you want something so desperately bad, but it's not going your way? From little things such as the extra five pounds that you've been trying to get off to a job promotion, to starting your own company, to finding love, to getting pregnant, fighting cancer, big things. Things are not going your way. And it seems as almost like the more I obsess about wanting something, the more I work, the more I suffer for something, the less light I see at the end of the tunnel. Take a moment. Do you feel that? Whether it's a job promotion, like I said, weight loss, your own company, your relationships, your desire to have a relationship, whatever energy you're putting into something right now, how often does the quote thing that you're so desperately working for or thinking about or talking about actually happen? And when it does, how long did it take to happen? And when it does, Are you satisfied with what the result is? I go back to my question. What do we do when things don't go our way? Because like I said, I've been beating myself up lately for a long time. And I've been questioning my own mindset. I even told my class this on Tuesday night, but I sat in my office on Tuesday morning, pulled out a piece of paper, wrote a list of everything that I fucking hate right now that I'm working for, that I'm praying about, that I'm wanting, that I'm manifesting, that I'm speaking about, that's not happening. And it just leads me to questioning my own mindset. And not the mindset of what happens when things get hard. Because if you know me, and if you listen to any of these podcasts, I fucking love the hard. I love the challenge of getting better, of being better, of being more of being it, of being everything. I love the work, the grind. I love the sleepless days, nights, whatever. Like I thrive again on being too busy. But I'm talking about the mindset of when you're all in and you're in the challenge and literally your work is not paying off. Your energy is not being answered. Your time, your efforts, your work, is simply just a grind. And the payoff is nowhere in sight, or so it seems. Take a moment, think about it. What are you in right now? Work, personally, internally, externally, whatever it is, whether someone knows about it or not, what is it that you're grinding through? That maybe the light at the end of the tunnel that you were so excited you saw it when you first thought about it? Shit, the beginning of the year, right? How many people put resolutions or goals or a word out? The light was bright. You were energized. And then here we are 10 months into the year or whatever timeline you're on, 10 years into it, 10 days, 10 weeks, whatever. That light gets a little more dim. 
that light gets a little more shut out. And maybe a day comes where you're like, see it a little bit, and then bam, the next day it's gone. I'm talking about those kind of things. I ask this question, how long do we stay in it? That's the real question. How long do we stay in this tunnel that we're fighting in? That maybe once the light was way more exciting to work for, or we thought it wasn't gonna be so hard or challenging or gritty or tiresome or gruesome. The tunnel didn't seem so far, so long, so bumpy. How long do you hang on? How long do you put up the fight? Do you tell yourself, keep going? Or do you fold in the towel? And I guess I ask this because I've been there and I'm there right now. And I don't know what it is that you're fighting for or that you're working hard for or that you're praying for. But I know that none of us say we want something and bam, it just happens. I know there's no such thing as everything falls in your lap. Sure, some things do. But then I'd argue that they fall into your lap for the work that you were previously doing or the time that you were putting in prior to it actually falling in your lap. As they say, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. So when is enough enough? Is it ever enough? Here's where I'm going with this. Have you actually committed and put in the real nitty gritty work? behind what it is that you actually sought out in the first place. The stuff that you actually wrote down that you wanted, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations. Have you truly devoted blood, sweat, and tears to the dream you talk about, but haven't yet seen? Easy example is, of course, losing weight. I love looking at people in the eye that say, I just wanna be this, I just wanna look like that. I wanna have those arms, I wanna have abs. I don't wanna jiggle. I wanna be able to ride for 45 minutes and not get breathless or blackout. I wanna lose 10 pounds, I wanna lose five pounds, I wanna lose 50 pounds, or blah, 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 whatever, right? Because again, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I own a fitness studio. I'm in the business of promoting health and well-being. I'm in the business of making people live for and realize that moving your body is the greatest gift that God has ever given us on this earth. And that it shouldn't be taken for granted that you should actually get up and wake up and work out and eat right. So I love looking at these people in the eye. How long have you been working out? What do you eat every single day? Do you even work out? How often? How hard? Are you working out at home? Are you working out alone? Do you have accountability partners? What do you consume after you work out? How many cheat meals do you have? I mean, literally I could go on and on, right? But you get my point, the questions are endless. And this is, yes, a small scale of an example, but it's the easiest to question our mindset of wanting to give up. Weight just doesn't magically fall off and stay off just because you talk about it or just because you look at a picture and say, I wanna look like that, or just because you go have surgery to suck out all the fat, and then you just go back to eating whatever the fuck fast food you're eating or unhealthy habits that you have. That weight will come back, or you won't be toned, or you won't be healthy, and your heart disease might come, or your chances of having heart disease, 
are definitely better than those that live a healthy lifestyle. Maybe I move on to something that hits you hard. A pay raise doesn't happen just because you bitch about not making enough money. A boyfriend or girlfriend doesn't just show up on your doorstep just because you spent the weekend crying on your couch complaining about how lonely you are. Relationships aren't mended just because you bitch and complain to all of your friends about your partner, your spouse, your family member, your coworker, your friend, whoever. Your sales numbers don't just suck because you spend hours a day talking shit about your product or your company. And your life isn't miserable, just as miserable as you tell yourself day in and day out. Because all you do is scroll on Instagram and compare yourself to a bunch of fake ass people. I started listening to this podcast. This chick's awesome. But she she compared it to avatars. Is your Instagram profile, you know, feed and stories an avatar of you? Or is it really you? And no, you're overweight because you choose unhealthy habits and a lack of discipline, diet, and workout routine. You don't make as much money as you want because you haven't put in the hours and stepped out of the box and shown a creative thinking idea to management. And you probably haven't asked for a raise either. Shit, ask yourself that question. You've been at a company for years on end and you've never sat down with your boss with a proven sales record or you know, pipeline of work you've put in and said, hey, Mr. Bossman or Mrs. Bossman, I've been making the same amount of money for five, 10 years, 15 years, five days, I don't know, whatever. I'd like a raise. Here's what I've done to prove that I deserve one. Can we talk about it? You are single because you are too good for dating apps. You don't put yourself out there. Or perhaps you haven't taken care of your own self and you're not mentally stable or happy or have that peace within to bring even anything to a relationship in the first place. And your relationships aren't great because you're too afraid or emotionally immature, or perhaps your ego is too big to actually just have the necessary conversation as awkward and hard as it may be to fix the issue. So it builds and builds. And next thing you know, it's your relationship is completely lost, damaged, broken, destroyed. Funny how we can vent and talk shit and blame and do whatever to our friends and go off to everyone except the person we're actually even talking about. And don't even get me started about the comparisons on Instagram. What a shit show of a life that is if all you do is scroll on Instagram and try to be someone you're not because you read it or you saw it and you shared it and you don't even know the person. You don't even know the facts behind it. And you sit at home and you think, why can't that be me? Why do they have all that money and all that glam and all that fame and all that fortune? And you're not even putting in the work in your own fucking life to see, not only to mention, who are you, right? but you're trying to be somebody on a computer screen on your phone? What a miserable life that must be. Your life will be and could be so much better if you just start living as you, the real you. Reduce your time on social media. Try it. So you get my point with all this. And as for me, I can honestly sit here and say with confidence that my entire list of all the bad shit going on in my world that I should give up on 
because I've been going at it. I've been trying. I'm exhausted from it mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you name it. But I can't yet. I can't give up on any things on my list. Because I mean, come on, have I really put in all, capital A, capital L, capital L, all of my efforts and actions into a second turn location, a franchise turn business? Now the quick answer, the negative Ashley wants to say, yeah, Ashley, you have. But the real answer is no. I have a lot of reasons why turn two hasn't happened yet. I have a lot of excuses and I sure as hell have a lot of blame why turn two hasn't happened yet. But I also have a lot of things that I haven't completely accomplished and I haven't taken every single step from point A to point B to make location two happen. So I can't fold in the towel yet because the honest answer is no. I can't give up yet because whether it feels good or not to admit, there are still things that I can do that I have not done to make turn two happen. Could it be tomorrow? Sure. Could it be next year? Sure. But the exciting answer is I haven't completely checked that entire box in order for me to throw that towel in. The brutal honesty of the next part of this, I'm trying to start a family. It's been just a few months and I get very negative every month that we quote lose because I feel like I'm a failure. But in the grand scheme of life, in the grand scheme of things, it's only been a few months. Only been a few months since I said, or we said, my husband and I, okay, we are gonna start trying to have a family. And I cannot tell you the feeling, the drama that goes on in my own mind every single month that I'm unsuccessful. And to me, yes, sure, it's been a few months, but feels like it's been forever. Why is it not working? What is wrong with me? What's wrong with Bert? Is God ever going to answer this prayer that we have that we want to start a family? And on and on and on. But that competitive Ashley, the girl on that tennis court, that girl in her fucked up mind thinks that if one thing goes wrong or if the timing doesn't happen exactly when I want it to be, or if I'm not as successful as my expectations, the expectations remind you that I've made for myself don't go accordingly, then I lose my mind. And I have two choices. Literally, I have two choices. Stay down that path, count everything going wrong, pout, blame, point, complain, bitch, whatever word you wanna say, right? I can be negative or I can write them all down on a piece of paper, throw that piece of paper away, literally tear it to pieces and remove it from my mind and use the energy that I have from the good that's going on. Because who cares if I didn't win a tennis match? Who cares if it's taken me a little bit longer in my business plan to be the successful entrepreneur that I wanna be? Who cares that if it takes me a little bit longer to get pregnant? I know that with a negative mind and with the negative energy, 
and feeding myself negative, terrible, horrible things about myself, I know that is not going to make me play better. That mindset is not going to drive me to a better company, to a better team, to being a better leader, to being a better instructor, to being a better entrepreneur. That mindset is not going to make every month easier or better or more understanding when I'm not pregnant. That negative energy does no good. What does happen when you throw away the list? Literally rip it up. All the shit going bad in your life. All of the things that you set out for, that you're working for, that you're striving for, that aren't going according to your plan, to your expectation right here, right now. I have to believe, I have to put out there that there's a reason why. And that the only way that you take a step closer, a step forward, you leap from one step to the next stepping stone in your journey, in your tunnel, that you can actually hurdle over that challenge that you're facing right now, is you change your mindset. Is that you find a peace in mind and you find some positive shit within you that can carry you through. I do actually have a really amazing company. I do actually change lives. There are people here that don't want to be unhealthy. There are people here that want community that I can build on here that can catalyst turn to, that give me motivation to actually believe in me enough that turn to is needed. There is hope. There is time. There's no rush in having a family. There is a sense of being okay when shit doesn't go your way, when you literally focus on some positive shit. So what do we do when things don't go our way? I encourage you, write it out, throw it away, write down some positive things, and take that list with you into the next day. I encourage you to literally think about, have you exhausted every drill, every play, every step, every action, every motive, every single conversation, every single challenge that needs to be literally exhausted before you throw your towel in? Because I'd be willing to bet that there's not a single person listening that's ready to throw the towel in on wherever you're at, that you have put in max effort, energy, time. You've thought outside the box. You've thought differently about it. You've gotten feedback, a mentor. You've asked for help. If you can literally cross out every single thing there and you've struck out, whether it's been a week, a month, or years, decades, whatever you're going for, maybe it's time to fold the towel in. But make sure that when you lay your head down at night, you can honestly say, yes, I've exhausted everything. There is absolutely no light at the end of this tunnel. The work, the discipline, the mindset, they have to align. They have to be energized in a positive way. And I guarantee you that next step that falls into your lap moment, that good luck sense of feeling, that aha moment, that achieve 
goal will happen. And when it does, all the shit you went through, all the times you wrote it down on that negative list, imagine a trash can piled high. That makes it so much more worth it. That makes it so much more rewarding. You're never gonna win breaking the tennis racket, telling yourself how terrible you are, beating yourself up that you're not as good as him or as strong as her or as rich or as glam or as fabulous. You're never going to win or achieve or be successful comparing to something on a fucking phone screen. Take a moment, do your list. That's all I got. You know how we do? Let's stay going on three. One, two, three.